1: 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
3: Welcome to episode 376. Is that right? Chris Tomlin. We've done. We've almost done 400 episodes. That is wild. All right, Chris Tomlin. And I know Chris Tomlin is. And my wife was like, wow, I can't believe Chris Tomlin's coming over. But I didn't understand just how massive he was until I started getting into it. Where there's only like four artists that have gotten a certain award. And like Garth Brooks is one of them. And Chris Tomlin's the other. All over the world, this guy just... Sells massive arenas So Chris Tomlin I just want to get to it Because I had such a good time Doing this interview He has over a million followers On Instagram At Chris Tomlin If you want to follow him I mean Good Good Father How Great Is Our God Our God Got two Grammy nominations recently But It's just It's just massive What he's been able to do Christmas Songs of Worship Deluxe is out His Emmanuel Christmas Songs album And then he's all over touring Go Go see him that's it. Chris Tomlin. Now, on the Bobbycast. talking to my wife last night, and she usually doesn't care. Like, she doesn't find the things cool that I find cool, and she— <laughs> And I don't find the things cool. She finds cool.
4: I'm married to someone just like yeah,
3: that. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's great. She challenges me and yes. loves me, and and she's only ever really cared about one person that has come over to do this, and it was Ronnie Dunn from Brooks and Dunn who played at, sang at our wedding. We're like we're we're now really close to them. Like we hang. They're friends of ours, Ronnie and Janine. Oh, that's awesome. And so but before then, she just didn't care, but Ronnie was going. She was like, "Oh, that's I'm going to come over." Never come over once. And I told her you were coming over and she was like, "If I could, I'm trying so hard to get over there. I love Chris Tomlin." <laughs> and I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> she just saw it on my calendar, too. I didn't yeah. even really bring it up. Oh my goodness. We share calendars. That's so sweet. And I said, "I said, what do you know about Chris?" And she said, "What hymns?" She asked me what hymns we sang mm. in church. And I said, "Well, I went to uh, Mountain Pine Baptist and the traditionals, mm-hmm. I could go, I fly away. Yeah. I could even go, when I went to Pentecostal church, with my grandma like Rock of Ages. Oh, yeah. So I, I think of that. And she started like rattling. She goes, well, our hymns were, and she started rattling off your songs. She goes, these are the new hymns yes. like that we sing regularly at church. Yes. And so my wife's a massive fan. She told me to tell you hello.
4: Oh, that's so sweet.
3: And and uh, you, don't tell her hello. You've been such an influence. And I said, "Well, do you know that she's saying everyone word for word?"
4: That's amazing. Yeah. Wow, how that's so cool, man.
3: I thought it was cool too. And so she's just a big fan. And I know we tried to do this, and I, I was sick. And yeah, I just I'm have so a, glad we got to do it. I have a lot of questions for you, man. Okay, well, well
4: far away. I, 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 let me just say that's probably the privilege, the greatest privilege of my life. Honestly is when people say, we sing your songs in my church. Because, you know, we've gotten to number one songs and awards and album sales and all that, but it does not compare honestly to me, to somebody walking up and saying, because for me, that is when the song has gone past must have gone past me, it's not attached to me, and it's like some music pastor or music minister in their church has said, you know, I want to take this song and lead it in my congregation, and I have nothing to do with it, i didn't say please play this song and there's no label going to a radio saying this is the single it's just them picking it up and then it's it's very grassroots right there's no and i just think it never gets old to me to hear that because that's what i just i always pray man maybe long after i'm gone maybe there's a couple that stick around you know who knows but
3: it Too. It seemed to me too that she didn't say that we had sang his song at our church. It was we sing his songs Mm. at our church, and there's a difference Mm -hmm. because maybe you this week we're gonna sing X or Y. Yeah. But it was these were the hymns that they sang regularly, and I thought that was really cool. Yeah. I thought it it, to be in your world in your space. Do you have to be a really nice guy? (laughs) (laughs) I love you already. Because if you came in and you were just not nice, I would be like. I don't think you have to be like super lovely to be a Christian. Yeah, yeah. You can just have a different temperament, and it's be a different. It's a different thing, man. I tell you, especially
4: in a when people um, when you're in a public figure and then and you represent faith,
3: uh, it's a higher standard. It ha- I mean, buddy. Yeah,
4: buddy. I just feel like I it, it's it's very isolating, and it's isolating at all. I mean, you're you're isolated in your world because it's just what it is, but. It feels a little bit more when your sense of like there's there's an expectation that is just uh, it that I think I put on myself. I don't know if people put it on me, but I think I put it on myself because I'm, you know, you're trying to represent something that, that you're trying to represent the goodness of God to people, the grace of God to people. And man, and I'm a human being and not even close to, you know, perfect in any way and have just as many flaws, but... It's you, you, you feel like, man, I just let so many people down because they look at you as like, man, I bet you have a red phone to God. I mean, I bet you just pick it up mm. and y'all have this thing. And it's not that. And it's, it's, it's not that. I just haven't had a heart that wanted to serve him and had a heart that felt like a calling on my, when, since I was a kid and just tried to walk in that. And it's led to this. I would never dreamed it. Just like I'm sure you have the same story of like, how did, how did this all happen? But yeah, I, I don't know if I, being a nice guy is the right thing. I want to be a true person. That I think that's it. You know, I want to be a true person. And, and sometimes that's about not being nice, you know.
3: And that was where I was going is that sometimes to be honest with yourself, mm-hmm. to be honest to whomever. It could yeah. be God or to your wife. Mm-hmm. It's not being nice. Yeah. yeah. And I could see where that could be problematic. hmm with your career representing what you represent. Yes. I could see if you posted a picture of you, and this is just me creating a scenario, drinking a Mountain Dew, Mm -hmm. that you would even have, it's a different group of not nice people on the internet, but I would assume people would go, "What? your body's a temple. (laughs) Why are you drinking Mountain Dew if you're representing? I would assume it would be that at times problematic for you to where you can't do any, you don't claim to be Christ or perfect. No, gosh, no. Right, But I think people would assume that you are, Uh, Representing that. So you must be trying to be that.
4: Right, right. Yeah. You do feel like you're, oh man, I, I, you do feel like in this world, especially in the world of everything is out there in public and social media, and you feel like, oh my gosh, you know, you do feel like I am, how is this represented to so many people who have so many different feelings about, uh, you know, about faith and things like that? So yeah, yeah. It's, I I learned a long time ago um, that I, don't have instagram i don't have is that Twitter, right i don't have any of it and good be- for you. because it's just i have a team that does it mm-hmm. you see my instagram i'll post every once in a while i'll send pictures of something i want to post i send it to my manager they post it and they say, say this
3: good for you because
4: i just it it um that stuff of just like man i have all the best intentions and then somebody just destroys you over it and you're like okay it, it it can it can just start messing with you and so i'm like you know what i just feel so free i i haven't it's probably been 3 or 4 years and i just feel i just feel so free from it all you know
3: you don't m- do you miss having those connections and i it's definitely mm-hmm. a balance mm-hmm. sometimes i miss but then i'm like i get on it makes me feel so bad mm-hmm. like i do it it's not healthy mm-hmm. but i think mm-hmm. i would miss it do you miss having those mm-hmm. the ability to get with people like that, because you have other ways, obviously.
4: Yeah. I miss the uh, kind of being in the know. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm not in the know.
3: <laughs> Burn, Burner account? You have one of those? That's no. what we need a Chris Tomlin burner account, <laughs> where, you, where you have one, but nobody knows it's you. And you're just living yeah, yeah, life. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 What? Who's that guy? Man.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um,
3: it's a, uh, just the analogy that I'll make, and it's not the same at all, but it's the best I can do here. I can go into certain places and certain. If I can go to New York, mm-hmm. I can go to Los Angeles. I don't, I don't get bothered, and I don't mean bothered in a bad way, just bothered in general. If I'm, I, but if I go, you know, ninety-eight um, percent of places, mm-hmm. people come up and take mm-hmm. pictures, and that's great, and it's the life I've signed up for most of the time. Yeah, but it's a weird thing that I'm not, I'm not famous. Mm-hmm. I'm known in certain pockets mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. And it's also freeing at times because I can go places and not have to worry about people taking pictures of me. Yeah. Now you are so massive in in your space, but do you find that you have the ability to do that too—to go certain places and just blend in?
4: Most of places.
3: And it's really it's really wonderful.
4: It's very wonderful. So obviously for my, my family, it's very wonderful. I would say most of places, and the reason, and is is most of my stuff is not visible. I mean this for the longest time, the songs have always been the stars like like your wife was saying we these, these are the songs we sing and there's not like a it's not there's not music videos attached to it there's not TV things there's there's nothing there's no opportunities there really not a lot and so there's not a lot of places for uh this that mugshot there to be be or be around you know and so I feel like I have found so many times most of the times probably for me is like when I go, when someone says this is Chris Tomlin, then the things change. You're like,
3: oh, that's that's you,
4: exactly, all the time, oh. all the time. Great example, you'll love this. I'm I'm uh, at the, down at the, down at 38, Nashville South, and I was down there and went into the gym to to, to do a little workout, and it's just me and this other guy in there, and I was like, that is, I said, I'm, I'm pretty, sure, I think that's Tyler Hubbard. I know that's Tyler, and I'm sure he doesn't know. About but I walk up and I say, like, it's only the only two in there. And of course, he's going to be in the gym, you know. And so I walk up and shake his hand. It's like, Tyler, hey, it's uh, I, this is hey, it's Chris Tomlin. Just want to say he- hello. I knew our paths across at some point. You're Chris Tomlin. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah. And he goes, you got to be kidding me. He goes, dude. And he just goes in this whole thing about how much my music has meant to him for so long. But obviously, he's not recognizing me in there. I'm recognizing him because just it's just that world, right? He's such a more recognizable world of just of country music or whatever. It's, it's more visible with your award shows and yeah, all the yeah, things. Yeah, popular culture and in Popular general. culture, yeah, yeah. great Do way to say wish, it. Do you wish
3: though you had a little more of people knew who you were? Um,
4: that's a great question. Um, man, I think the ego in me would be, yeah. I mean. But I think,
3: and I don't mean it just in bad bad or a good way. And we don't do what we do anyway if we didn't think we we're so good at it. That yeah. people shouldn't dedicate their time to it, right? I mean, right, yeah, yeah. there's an ego involved in what we have to feel a certain way to do yeah. what we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so do I, th- you, I think I think
4: I, I think it is it is an interesting thing because the yeah I mean I just look at I mean I think the respect I guess that people get or the like the or the that whatever that is that it does for people. I really don't have that. And and it's probably a great thing. It's probably a great thing. And it's really and I will come around and I'm not trying to be just uber like spiritual about that. But this it this is this is the best place because for me it it really is about helping people connect to God and not be about me. And that's a that's so I think it's a really good thing.
3: I agree too. I think it's a really great thing too. But it doesn't mean we don't sometimes go.
4: Yeah, you're. I wish I had
3: the validation because we, we we go through life searching. I do.
4: Yeah, I, I won't put. No, I, I'm a human being. I'm glad you asked that. No one's ever asked me that. And if and if I'm just being really honest, yeah, it's like you just you know your your music is it's just not it's not recognized like others. You
3: know? So I have a friend named Ben Rector who is just a... Yeah. You, do you know who love, Ben? Is? Okay. Ben. And so Ben and I are close and. I took one of my friends to one of his shows. He didn't know Ben's music. And we go to Ascend Amphitheater, and, and there's 8,000 people packed in here. And he's like, I never heard of this guy, and he sells <laughs> 8,000. <000. laughs> he's like, this is unbelievable. And and I was a fan before I was a friend. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah. And I told Ben that story. He goes, you know, people are like that. They, sometimes they'll, they'll they know I do music or... They know that I play music yeah. and they'll come to a show and be like, wait, you do, how, how do you sell this many tickets? <laughs> well, like what's ha- Like they're just so surprised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would imagine people that don't know, and, and, and our world now is so, is so fractured with being, with fame. There's so many ways to get famous yeah. and so many ways to have notoriety. I would imagine people that would come to one of your shows that didn't know how powerful your message and audience is both mm-hmm. would be shocked. At the amount of people that would show up there.
4: They would be shocked. Shocked? Shocked. And I think that that is the testament of... I think... I always say it's a testament of the the bigness of the church around the world. Because this is not just... This music is not just uh, in the U.S., you know? Uh, Because we can go to...
3: Oh, are they big crowds in other countries? Oh, gosh. I didn't... You know, I never thought about that. Oh, gosh.
4: We can go to the Philippines and it's like playing... Three or four nights in the arena, just like you know.
3: Could you play bigger shows in other countries?
4: Oh yeah, we we some of our biggest nights. If if we play in Africa, it's like it's always, um. Seriously, it's forty to fifty thousand people.
3: Do you think and, in Africa people would know your face more?
4: The probably because that's, that's it, it, so wild. Probably I didn't
3: think about that. Yeah
4: yeah probably yeah yeah probably in the end. But, like, some of our best nights have been, like, South Africa and Cape Town and, hey. and, some, and like and Sao Paulo and Manila and those, some of those places like that. Because it's just a testament that the church is so massive and people don't, you know, it's, that's a weird thing to say, but it it's, that's not in the news, right? It's always, when you look at big companies and big organizations, you're thinking all the Apple and the, all the things. The church is so massive as an organization. It's just massive across this world, There's billions of people. And so, you know, when you're connected in the, in songs, connect, and it's amazing because everybody does it differently, but song these songs connect in or across denominations, across different streams and different flavors, and but the same, but people are singing a lot of the same songs. And so, I've just been fortunate to have some of those songs that have connected the dots in so many places across the, across the world.
3: I grew up. In a Pentecostal church with my grandmother when I was really young. Mm-hmm. Didn't really understand what was happening there because I was so young. Mm-hmm. I grew up going to a Baptist church in Arkansas. Me mm-hmm. too. Um, and so similar because they're both from the South, different passion levels for different things in both of those churches. Mm-hmm. And we would go to different sorts of Christian concerts. Mm-hmm. Another artist that I'm going to use Christian concerts as – the genre of music because there are other yeah. artists who are Christian, yeah, and, yeah sure. I yeah. know, yeah. Um, and so I saw Newsboys, yeah, Jars of Clay, yeah, Carmen,
4: yeah.
3: Now, and the Carmen show was more of an experience like organs and pray, it's like when you see. Like, uh, like a church, the Carmen one was was an experience. Yeah. The other ones were kind of like rock shows. Yes, right. Where does yours fall in the middle of that? Because was, they were different. They were different kind of shows.
4: Great question. For me, it's worship, and and that's what what is that? Right. And so, since I was a kid, I wanted to. Um, I started playing my my dad taught me to play when I was a kid, and it was country music. So my dad loved
3: taught you to play guitar. Guitar. Was he a good player?
4: He's pretty good. He had a little country band in town he would I grew up in a very small town in East Texas outside of Tyler and he would he had and he loved the outlaws he loved Willie and Waylon. and that's what I learned so my first songs were those songs and that's what he taught me to play and but I and I grew up in the ch- in a church in a Baptist church in East Texas and he uh, and I would get a chance to play because that's one of the only kids that could play so they'd throw me up there and and I would and I remember just telling my mom as a kid. I'd be like, I just like it when people sing with me. I don't really like standing up there and like, I didn't even know how to articulate it, but I just don't like playing and everybody watching me. I said, I just like, I like when people just start singing along. And so I'd do a hymn or something and people, would, and the whole place would start singing. I was like, man, I love that. And so I didn't know that that was how God was kind of wiring me, that that was be my be my path, because I was not even thinking, you know, I just use that. I didn't know music would be my path, but is that we can get into that, but this is as I started writing songs. I that was what well, was the heart for me. I want to write songs, simple songs that people can um, people can sing. I want to write, and it was this. At the same time, it was this explosion of something. It was happening in Europe, in England a bit. It was happening in, in California with Vineyard, and it was happening these this explosion of this new music that was capturing the church. This, this kind of these this new way the. Uh, kind of more of a modern sound and in these simple songs. And I was like and I was writing some of them and I loved writing those. And so for me it's always been about the concerts are really an experience together. I said I always wanted to feel like it's just everybody singing together. And it's so it's kind of like a church service, I guess it would be, but it's all in worship together. So it's not really I'm not really there trying to entertain anybody, put on a show. We have hopefully great content, hopefully great lighting, and all the things. But it's—I feel like um, I've always want to say like this. I there's a the two P's. Are, I can either be a performer or have presence, and I'd rather just have a presence up there of like I'm I'm leading this thing. There's gonna be somebody that's gonna be in the microphone leading this thing, but I don't want to be like, hey, everybody, check me out, look at this, and, what, and sound this, or check out how I can sing. It's like I just want to in a place where man. Hopefully somebody in the night goes, Oh gosh, I, I I forgot Chris was even up there. You know, it was just like I was just connecting, my soul was connecting, my heart was connecting, and helping people have that kind of experience and encounter with these songs. And I take great responsibility. It feels like a great way. So in that, and so that's kind of my approach. And so it's just it's one and and it's the music is in it is different, you know, it's it's the sound of it is um is it can be just me and my acoustic guitar for 20, 15 minutes in the night. Or it can be massive, you know, with the whatever the modern pop sound is. But.
3: Church of the city is where we'll go if I'm in town. You mm. know, tra- travel a yeah, lot. There you go. And they put the words on screen. Will you do that? Yes. So people can sing if they yes, don't know it? it
4: is. Words on the screen. And that's because that's what it's about and for me. And let's do this together.
3: Yeah. I like that because then you don't assume. The people know the words. Exactly. And then people don't feel like they're not a part of the group. And that seems like the, the culture that you're setting is like, we're yeah. together.
4: Yes.
0: Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply.
5: Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris
6: Teeter. Ready to bring some spring vibes indoors? Bare Premium Plus Paint is here to make it happen. And it's starting at only $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Picture your kitchen coming to life by adding a pop of blue with the bare exclusive color Arrowhead Lake. And let's not forget your living room. Picture it drenched in the lush, verdant tones of Amazon jungle, breathing new life into your space with every glance. Head into your bathroom and let the cool breeze of sea glass wash away all your stress. And when the morning sun peeks through your bedroom window... What do you? How do you feel about people
3: if they buy merch and wear it that night? They buy, buy merch, but then they put it on. Are You cool with that?
4: Yeah, me too. Yeah, I like. Love-
3: we got a. I got a friend of mine who's like, "It's the lamest thing people do. You take it home with you, and then you don't wear it to the show. You wear it somewhere else. It's no. not meant to be worn there in front of the person. I love it. And I'm like, I love it too. I like if I'm it. doing my show and somebody wearing something that they bought that night or already super passionate to put it on. I love it. That's the best.
4: I love it. Yeah, yeah. We, we yeah we've been doing something fun this whole last year, last two years with. I merchandise. I found this company called GoX. It's the the Global Orphan Exchange. You'll love this. And they they said, How do we, we're going to put a t shirt plant in the middle of the poorest city in the world in Haiti and help kids stay out of slavery by employing them and their families in this huge t shirt plant and then print them in Kansas City in this place that helps um, give people, vulnerable people in the margins, a job. And so, it makes no sense. I went to my manager. And was like this is this is amazing, and and the it makes no sense. The margins are because they're they're small compared to the big companies. And these, but like I love being able to do that, yeah. and just we're helping in the, even the even in the midst of it, even with the t-shirts. I was like, man, how can we do something that it helps people? You know, in the midst of it, and so yeah. So when people wear it, that gets, gets me fired up, and I and I let people know that on our little on our thing when they get they get a little thing. So hey, you did, you did more than buy a t-shirt, but this tour is employing people that would know otherwise would not be.
3: I I learned a bit about that, especially in Haiti. I went to Haiti. Um, My co-host on my radio show, one of my best friends, she's adopted a couple children from Haiti, and she didn't plan to. She was trying to adopt, um, not locally, but domestically. Thank you, Mike. And that fell through a couple times. And so she was on a mission trip in Haiti, met the kids, not brother and sister, but now they are, and they're here. And so... She didn't know, but I went over there without her knowing because I wanted to experience what her because I knew they were going to be here and I was, I was going to be in their life. Yeah. So I snuck a trip to Haiti and I went over and I stayed there and met the kids and did the orphanage. And and so what I learned, though, is when we got back and we've decided to build and fund a bread kitchen in, in the orphanage for a bit of the same reason in that with this kitchen, and I always thought it was weird. Let's, I would feel like let's just raise money and give it to them. But what I learned was and it's the old oh, you can teach a man to fish. Yeah. What I learned was if we built something that they could then work to maintain, sustain, yeah. and grow, yeah. you're actually teaching somebody to fish and not just giving them a fish. Yeah. And so until recently, because Haiti's in really bad shape right now, especially. She can't even take her kids over there now. But right. yeah, it's it's um that the bread kitchen was doing really well. And for years and years and years, it really gave people a lot of jobs. But mm-hmm. I really I it took that to teach me
4: yeah. that. Yeah,
3: how it's sometimes it's better not to just go. Hey, here's everything. Yeah, and temporarily it'll fix a lot of stuff. It's hey, here's something, and for a long time you can work to fixing the foundation. And I think that's fantastic that that happens there. Yeah, with what you're doing. Yeah,
4: I thought what a brilliant thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's employ it's giving people a job, employing people, and and they were just so ecstatic. Like, man, we never had, we never had a tour that's taken on this and, and that's this kind of way. And so it was, it just increased every sales. And so that's cool. Yeah.
3: Your dad can I ask about him Yeah. So if he's playing in a band, did he have dreams and maybe they were just dreams or did he ever try to play music? Semi professionally or professionally?
4: He did not. He was a pharmacist um, and had the pharmacy. So in the pharmacy, we had the baseball card shop and then we had the music. Um,
3: you got a baseball card shop as a kid yes are you kidding me no no that's the that's the dream <laughs> i mean forget all this other stuff we're talking about are
4: you, <laughs> we had the Nolan Ryan round rookie cards. yeah i mean wow oh yeah, oh yeah come on we, we can you get a, we, we can go deep beckett the you know yeah oh the yeah, book yeah. are you
3: what do you mean yeah of course <laughs> i know i used to scan that thing to out about frank thomas rookie was my donors
4: <laughs> yes Ken griffey wow. jr rookie yeah. yeah. oh yeah okay
3: so you get a baseball card shop in the pharmacy in the
4: pharmacy and we go to all the shows baseball card shop shows and dad would be a dealer, baseball card shop dealer, and he had all the had the booths. and then because his grandmother found the baseball card, the the that whole thing. His his my grandmother, his mom, one day out of the closet found all of his old cards when he was a kid, and it was the Mickey Mantles and things oh, like man, that. Yeah. And he was like, "Oh my gosh!" And he had glued them all to <laughs> uh, to pages, since so they were worthless, as far as like because they were worth like that card is worth five thousand dollars, and now it's worth five dollars, you know. And he's just like, oh my goodness! And so we would do all kinds of things, try to repair these cards and all the kind of things. So, but yeah, he, he loved the baseball cards. He had a baseball card shop, and then he had a um, music shop in the in the pharmacy as well. So on the side, he had some guitars, sold some guitars and strings, and all the things. And and yeah, so he taught me to play. And
3: who taught him to play? That's
4: a great question. I think he just taught him. I, 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 he never said his dad or anything. I think maybe he just taught himself.
3: Just was he an interested and interesting person both meaning was he curious enough to just go there's somebody playing guitar on the radio i think i'll try to figure that out
4: yeah um i, I guess so because he had his, he, he had this band in high school and they played the prom they played all the little prom dances around the east texas and they were pretty good i've heard some their, their little tapes they were a pretty good little band and they were just covering all the stones and everybody but yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess he just was interested enough. But I'm so glad that he put it in my hand. I got mono when I was a nine fourth grade and couldn't over the summer, and all I cared about was baseball, and I couldn't play. And the doctor said you got to be in the house all summer. And my dad came home one day. He's like, "Do you want? What do you want to learn? Do you want? You got to do something. You're sitting here. You He said, do "You want to learn the guitar or the fiddle?" And I, and it's so funny because I look back. He doesn't know how to play the fiddle. I was like. What if i'd have said the fiddle <laughs> <laughs> how was that gonna work out but he i said guitar and so each day you know he would just write out i get it in the morning he'd write out the six strings and put the notes on he'd just write out the notes on the frets and i would uh work on that while he'd be at work and then the next morning he'd write another six strings and
3: what do you have you play them? it for him and to, yeah to write the next ones down yeah, yeah, make yeah, sure you knew yeah those? okay play that
4: for me what you learned today and then okay here's now here's some chords and Put them on the six strings, and I would.
3: Were you interested enough to keep practicing?
4: You know, I was, I was, but he had to push me a lot because I was really into sports, and I just wanted to do that. And um, and, but I just, I would, I was not interested enough to get really good. I was interested enough just to kind of play along and learn the chords. But he just kept pushing me and pushing me to keep playing and playing. And then I picked up piano, and I just taught myself. After I had a piano in the house, and I was like, I like this, and I would go sit. Do you like the piano better than the guitar? Yeah, because. I can see it. I don't know why I can't the guitar, I still can't see it. I know where I know where my hands go, but when I say the piano I, it just I can just that's where most of the songs because I can just see it. I just look down it's like, okay i it just looks like the melodies just come out of the piano for some reason.
3: do you feel like you were drawn to play and not just play but play and love performing in church because your dad loved to be at church, and in a way, it was um that relationship with your dad was so important, and if you made him? proud of you, mm. maybe playing at church, was for him and for you at the same time? That's
4: a good question. I, 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 honestly, I can since I was really young, I just felt like I've had this real sensitive heart to God, and I don't even know how to explain it. Uh, it's just, I would just be, I'd just be so moved by, even as a kid, of things that all my friends thought were dumb, or just like, this is boring. I would just be drawn to. Him. Is it
3: because is your is your mom and dad they, were they together? Yeah,
4: they're together, Still together.
3: Okay, so they're both still alive. Yeah. Was your mom extremely devout?
4: No, I mean, yeah, they're both
3: they were, but extremely to the point where they they thought maybe their son would have a career
4: in some kind of ministry. No chance. No one in my family. There's no one in my family in it, mm. and. Uh, I mean, my grandmother also says, "Just be a doctor." I was going to school to be a doctor, and she's like, "That's what you're going to do," and um, and something like that. And so, uh, no one in my family is, but, but they, but they were, um, but they were strong believers, and they were like, "Sure, sure, sure," but, but not never thinking ministry anything
3: like that. You know, it's weird that a lot of artists will come in, especially in country music, and they will grow up in the church and go to country. It feels like you grew up on country, country. and went into church. It's like the exact opposite of exact everybody opposite.
4: else. Exact opposite. So I made this record. I don't know if you... This, Chris Tellman and Friends, it was a record with all the country, with, mm-hmm. with Thomas and FGL and all the guys. And, and that was the funny thing for me because they were talking... They guys were calling me how much um, the, the whole thing, it was all about the church for them. Growing up, and it's like, man, we'd love this record with you because it would give us a chance to like just put all that music out that we really want to put out and say some things we really want to say. I was like, awesome! And for me, it was country to the so it was it was the exact opposite, right? Exactly what you're saying.
3: My grandmother raised me for a significant part of my life, and I've talked about the music that I thought was contemporary music until I was old enough to experience and discover contemporary music and it was Andy Griffith Gospel Records. <laughs> and I thought that was just yeah, yeah. the normal stuff. Ray Charles Gospel Records. Yeah, yeah. Ray Charles even modern sounds of country music, yeah, but yeah. all that to me, Johnny Cash gospel before Johnny Cash country. But that was yeah. that was the stuff that she had. Yeah. And so I grew up on that and feeling that that was normal as uh, normal as in uh, just contemporary, right? Yeah. I thought everybody listened to that. Yeah. And I would say that uh, we'd talk I remember being a kid at school and they were like, Who, who's Andy Griffith? The same guy on the black and white show that comes on? Right, right. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, he's also like a singer, singer right? Yeah. But I probably, my earliest was gospel music before I got, before I was like 10 or 11. It's hard mm. to find it. What was your 9, 10, 11 year old music influence? And did your parents have gospel music in the house? Or again, like you said, your dad was big into it? Was It was, it
4: was, it was the Outlaws. That was the music in the house. And it was always Willie Nelson, it was all day. And Merle Haggard. And, and i loved alabama so that made so that became my band for you know and i just really loved them and that's i remember um just that dad and i would go to the record store and i would, that's what i would buy and and so for me that those the early days was the, with those with those guys and then it was the songs at church and it was just the kind of the, the hymns and the church hymns and then um as i got a little bit older then i heard this um, i started hearing the this christian music this um I remember this band Petra? Mm-hmm. I was like, uh,
3: were they guitar like uh, Petra was like guitar electric guitar? Yeah, it,
4: it, yeah, rock.
5: Uh, yeah, kind of a rock thing. Yes. And I was
4: like, and I when I got to junior high, that's so, uh, somebody handed me like a, that, and I was like, oh my gosh, I did not know that. All, I just kind of heard the songs in church. I did not know you could do this mm-hmm. and that. So I was like, wow, what is this? And I thought that was so cool. And then progressed, but yeah, those early days was with the Eagles and in uh, country.
3: When you start to play. I'm going to say shows, but I'll use that loosely. When you start to play outside of church, did you ever do the, let's play this little venue or this bar or this, just looking for anywhere to play, or was it you really started in church and it grew from church?
4: Yeah, it grew from, uh, it grew from church. And I'll tell you this. I'll tell you how it started. You're going to love the story. And, I, and if, if I go long, just cut me off because I can get going on the story.
3: I want you to just go on the story because we have long. Okay. That's why I wanted to interview you here because I, I want it all. I want it all.
4: This is this is crazy. So there was a guy in my church. I grew up in this old again. It's this small church in a small town. I, there was this, when I say small town, twenty five hundred people. The town's called Grand Saline. It's got the salt. All it has is salt mine. The Morton Salt. The little girl with the You lived
3: where Morton Salt was. That's where it is. That's funny with so the umbrella.
4: Yeah, yeah. So the umbrella yeah, when, yeah. The, when it rains it pours. So you've seen Morton Salt, and it, we had the salt festival, the salt queen, the salt rodeo, the salt. Every, went,
3: all, went all in on the salt. I see. Everything <laughs> was
4: about the salt and uh grand saline means great salt so there you go and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so that's it's right outside of tyler texas and that's where i grew up and so there was a guy in my church who played music and at other places and we'd go and play in other churches and play music and like he was like this roaming music guy and i thought he was the coolest guy about my dad's age i thought man what and he was funny and he was just really great with people and he was kind of a one-man show and I just thought he was a cool saying, well, one day I'm, I'm in high school. I think I was a junior, maybe a junior in high school. And I'd only played at my church. I'd only played. And he comes by the house. He goes, Chris, I'm playing in Texarkana. That will be about a three-hour drive. He goes, I already asked your dad. I'm coming by the house. Will you come with, you want to drive with me today, and you'll to help set up my stuff, and you want to sell all the tapes and CDs in the back. How old are you again? I'm a, I'm junior in high school. Okay. And I was like, are you kidding me? This is the most amazing thing ever. <laughs> Yes, I am in. So, I'm on a three hour drive with this guy. We set up. I help him set up his stuff. It's it's a youth. He's playing a youth concert. It's like 500 kids there at this kind of a youth event. He's playing. He's playing his guitar and he's playing some songs, fun songs and youth kind of youth group songs. And he's got his. And I'm in the back. I've got his tapes and his CDs. And in the back, and um, he stops in the middle of the concert. And he says, my, "My buddy Chris came with me tonight, and I brought him." He's from my town. He's in the youth group and back home where I am. And he's going to come up and play for you guys for a little while. And I was
3: like... You had no idea he was going to no, say
4: he No, never, he never... We had three hours in the was car. Was that the plan the whole time? I asked him later, and he said yes. I asked him years after that, because that's this propelled it all. This started it all. I was in the back of this place, standing there. And I'm thinking, you had three hours in the car. You didn't say a <laughs> word. I had no time to prepare. I don't even know. I don't know how to play, and he just walks off the stage, and, they're, and, and the stage is just there, and, and all this kids are looking back at me, and they're all my age, and I walk up there, and I'm just scared to death, and I play a song, and I, I think it was, I don't even know what it was, remember, but it was awful. I just know. I was just like, get me off the stage. I go up in the back, and I, I go back to the tapes, and he comes back up and finishes, and they're, they're applauding. Well, this youth pastor comes up and goes, man, I really love that. You want to come play at my church? And I was like, really? I thought, <laughs> What must, what must music be like at your church if, you, if that's what you want? So he's like, yeah, come on. Uh, and I said, he said, we're going to do this summer event. We're doing this summer-wide week, and it's for a week this summer. And for our youth group, would you come be the music musician for it? I was like, yeah. And I hadn't really thought this through because I was like, when I got home, I was like, I just said yes to something, and it's for a week. And it's like every night I'm playing music. I don't know this many songs. I don't know, I don't know like three or four songs. What am I going to do? I get a call. To, and it's two weeks before, um, I'm sorry, about a month before this event, I get a call. This guy's deep voice, his name is James. He goes, hey, James. I said, hello, James. He goes, um, my name is James. Is this Chris? I was like, yeah. I said, Man, no. He said, I'm calling you because I'm speaking at this youth event and I don't, I've never heard of you. And, I just want to know, if, I, if, I, if they're going to be there for the week, I want to know what kind of music you do. And I was like, and who, who you are. And I was like, well, James, the reason you've never heard of me is because I've never done this before. You <laughs> said that? Yes. And you're calling me at my parents' house. I live with my parents. I'm in high school. And he's just like, and you did the long pause on the phone. He's like, um, well, what kind of songs do you play? And I said, well, James, I know like three songs. And, I, they, and he's like, that's all you know? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, well, can I send you some music? this was just this is divine man Bobby this is looking back I mean I've never had this conversation again no one's ever sent me music again the first thing I ever did because let me send you some music I was like okay to learn so he sends me these these tapes and cds and it's these songs and it's these all these early choruses and of of, that were making its way around the church and I was like oh these are so cool They're more youth group kind of songs And so what I did is I brought note cards. I made, I wrote every song down I learned on these little tapes. And I wrote all the lyrics on the note cards. I wrote the chords above them. And I came with my... I had a a guitar. And I had a little keyboard. And I had a drum machine. And it was me for this youth thing. And I walked on stage and I put all the note cards down on the stage. Like in the order that I would do the songs each night. I would get there early before any of the kids were there. It was like 500 kids there. Which was like for me was 10 times bigger than my high school and so it's like i would get there early so they wouldn't see my cheat sheets down there and i would play the song i walk up i was scared to death to look at anybody scared to say i didn't even say hello i just walked up and i play the first song and, and then i would stop and i grab my mic stand i would take it down to the next note You'd card. shift it over yes, to, the shift, next, to the next, next, next on the next, ground to, i would just take it down to the next note card you might it.
3: be like what is he doing like, why does he move yeah. the stand every song so i was thinking
4: about like <laughs> What
3: that must have looked like for kids is
4: like, wow, he starts every now and that side and he ends up at this side. He just kind of moves his way down the stage. And that's, I did not, I obviously didn't know what I was doing. End of that week. I tell that story to say, at the end of that week, this guy named James, he comes to me and he says uh, two things, man. And we, and he would kind of help me too, through the week and say, hey, man, you know, we might want to like say hello to people. You might want to welcome them. <laughs> you might want to like, you know, just say, hey, sing with me or something. And so, but every week he was very encouraging, but, At the end of the week, he said, two things I want to tell you. One is, you have no idea what you're doing. And I was, I never forget, it was that direct. He goes, you have no idea what you're doing. And he said, secondly, he goes, you have no idea how God's going to use your songs all over the world. And I was just staring at him, dumbfounded. And I said, I don't know what you're talking about because I didn't have any songs. It's note cards, of other people's songs. He goes, man, as I've been praying for you this week, I just had a sense that you're going to write songs, and the world's going to sing these songs. And then he just did something that was crazy that was not Baptist at all. He just put his hand on my, standing at me, and just staring at me, just like I'm staring at you, and just put his hand on my head. And he and he just there was no head bowed, eyes closed. He said, "God, would you make Chris a psalm writer, not a song, but a psalm writer for his generation?" And man, it was like lightning went through me. I was just like what is going on and that began this journey and he said man I'm going to go speak at things and I'm going to uh do some you know I'm going to speak and do and whenever I go speak I'm going to have you come play with me come play and that started this this whole journey of like I just now I was just graduating high school and I was like wow all these these opportunities started coming to play music, and I started so I started to write write songs, write these simple songs like I was saying. I wanted to write songs people would sing, and so I started writing these songs. Fast forward twenty five years, and James calls me one day, and he says, "Hey man, um, he's been in, he'd been in Oklahoma, and he'd been doing some he'd been in like a pastor there and doing some like ministry there." He's like, I just feel like I need to be, I, I feel for some reason, I just have a real sense that I need to be um, in politics and government. And I'm just going to ask if you'd pay it back. And I was like, what do you mean? he goes, he said, man, I, I'm running a campaign for Congress for Oklahoma. And would you come and campaign with me? Would could you get a crowd at all these different little towns? And, and, uh, and then, and, and I'll share the vision for Oklahoma. And I was like, okay. And I said, absolutely, man. You did so much for me. For sure, absolutely, so we did that. Lo and behold, he wins the election, becomes U.S. Congressman of Oklahoma, and I was like, "Awesome!"
3: When did this happen? This part?
4: This, this was uh, this was like six years ago, six seven years ago. That recent? Yeah. And so, wow. and so you are going to love this. So I'm. He's a, he's a congressman. I turned on CNN one day, and there he is with Wolf Blitzer, and I'm looking it and it says, and it says senator. James Langford, and I was like, Senator James Langford, and I was like, I texted him. I was like, Dude, you were congressman. How are you a senator? He goes, Well, the Senate seat came open within two years, and I and I it had been two years since I talked to him. He goes, and I ran for that, and I'm a senator. And he said, at that time, he was sitting on the foreign, he was dealing with ISIS when ISIS was going crazy, and he was dealing with that. And then now he sits on the, um, on our finance committee for the United States, and um, he is. And so, he a few years ago he was elected. He was every year a a Republican and Democrat do do the national prayer breakfast together, and he was the person who chaired the national prayer breakfast. So he called me, and he said, "Why don't you do this with me?"
3: This story is wild.
4: So he called me, and here is me and James. I get choked up every time. Stand there in front of, I don't know, three thousand world leaders. I mean it's all the world and it's it's jews muslim it's all kinds of faith come it's mostly a christian thing but it's they it's all kind of faith as well and they've got overflow seating and they got everything and, you know and the president's there and it's the vice president and and there's it's me and James the president and the vice president at the table and and um, and senator coons um from the um was it was James's partner in it and so
3: the president I, and vice president are there yes which president and vice president?
4: Trump and Pence.
3: Just Everybody's just there. Yes.
4: And sitting in front of me is Nancy Pelosi and um and uh, Barr, Secretary of State Barr at that time, yeah, or what? Attorney General Barr, Pompeo.
3: William Barr, yeah, yeah. And Pompeo. That's, these people are all like fictional to me because they're so famous.
4: Yeah. Like, I'm sitting next to the Donald, and uh, I'm just like, what 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 what's going on? Why, what? And I'm like, what's going on? And... James is leading this thing and I am playing and I'm thinking to myself the whole time, they, people know my music as Chris Tomlin, they have no idea that this guy, James, next to me, I was 17 years old, you know, and he said, you're going to write songs and the whole world's going to sing them and now we're kind of in front of the world, be together as far as leaders, world leaders. And it was the most full circle thing that I, I just I'll never forget it. I just stood there it's like I would have never dreamed this. Lord, you just like how has this happened? You know, this is this is this was crazy. And it was just a beautiful, beautiful moment. And so yeah that's a that's kind of the story of where it came. So there was never any other trajectory of like I'm gonna do other things. It was just it started with that one little moment of playing out of from the guy in my church saying, get up there and play to that youth pastor saying,
3: being there, just be, first, just being there,
4: being there, youth pastor just saying, "What will you played on my church, my thing," invites this guy named James to speak. Who James is like, "You, you have no idea what you're doing. Here's some songs to learn. To you're going to write songs and people are going to sing them. To somebody believing in you, everybody, you know, it's that moment where people, somebody believes in you, right? And they look at you and go, they see something you don't see. Because I had no idea. I had no idea I had any of that in me. But he said, "Man, I see this in you, and you're going to do something great." And I was like, "What are you talking about?" And it started this, and it started this journey that that here, and I'm here, and I'm sitting with you, and it's just crazy.
3: Well, I guess I think the journey—you're losing steam if you're with me. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> look at all the great stuff I've done, and now I'm here with you, so I'm going down. We've hit I'm not the pinnacle, saying that, we you, down.
4: You, you've you've done you done that, quite amazing things.
3: That is that is a really great story. The guy that's like, yeah, hey, hey, bro, uh, yeah, he's the the guy that helped you, and is now. Senator.
4: Senator, yes. One, Did, of, the, one of the hundred.
3: That, yeah, that's a great... I'm glad you told the whole
5: story.
4: Yeah, I, I, I wasn't planning on doing that, but I... Yeah, it's, it's crazy to think about.
5: Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter.
6: Ready to bring some spring vibes indoors? Bare Premium Plus Paint is here to make it happen. And it's starting at only $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Picture your kitchen coming to life by adding a pop of blue with the bare-exclusive color Arrowhead Lake. And let's not forget your living room. Picture it drenched in the lush, verdant tones of Amazon jungle, breathing new life into your space with every glance. Head into your bathroom and let the cool breeze of sea glass wash away all your stress. And when the morning sun peeks through your bedroom window,
2: Storm. Go to Blinds.com for 40% off site-wide and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for 40% off site-wide at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
3: Your parents, as they watch you do this, mm-hmm. what what do they say and how long <laughs> how long do they go from we can't believe it yeah. to... We're just so proud and you continue to impress. Because there's a difference in that. What's been that relationship?
4: Yeah, it's been amazing. My little town, you know, has the... They have the street. They named Main Street, Chris Tomlin Boulevard, uh, in in my little bitty town, and has the billboard, and you so know, so you
3: don't have to abide by the speeding. Exactly, limit, you can do whatever exactly. you want. Yeah.
4: And so my parents are very, and I and I know that my parents are behind all that. Let's. Just, that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> that's what. That's why it happened. And they're so they're so proud. And they're so and there's not a lot going on in my town. So this is a big deal. And it's funny. So just down the street from me, fifteen twelve miles down the street is Lindell, and it's got the Miranda Lambert um thing, and then Gold Alva is right there with the Casey Musgraves thing. And then it's all these little towns right there have all these little singers from them, but which is fun. But they are, yeah. They they're they're so proud and so grateful, and they're always, uh, they're they're always in shock. I mean, just this recent was just nominated for a couple of Grammys this year, and that my mom's just like, I can't. I just she says, I still cannot believe. Oh,
3: that's cool. I still cannot believe
4: this is my son. You know, have you got
3: to take them to do anything that you were super proud to be able to take them to do? Mm. Because you're like, because I when I when I have to take my sister somewhere, or because mm. I don't a lot of my family is not alive anymore. But mm. if I get to take one of my friends from back home, mm-hmm. or my friends now, and I'm like, hey, I'm going to go do this, and we're going to go on a private plane, and we're mm. gonna stuff I'd never would got to do in a million years. But now that I'm able to have some success, I get to do cool things. The best thing about it is taking the people that have always been there with you to do these cool things. Yes. Do you, have you got to do that with your parents at all?
4: Yes. Um, I've taken my mom to, um, uh, to uh, several things, taking my I've taken them to, um, the Gospel Music Awards, and, and I was got to be artist of the year and that kind of thing. And they're just like amazing. I took my dad to, um, his dad loves baseball. So I was doing the, this was years ago, Cardinals, um, had a, uh, Family night or something. I did the concert after at the Cardinals game. It that had to be my, so cool. I think my dad, he's just like, this is just crazy.
3: That had to be yeah. so cool for him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My stepdad, it yeah. was a huge, I'm a huge Cubs fan as well. Yeah. Big sports. Yeah. Just massive into sports too. And, you know, I didn't grow, we, we didn't have any money at all. And so he had never even been to a Cubs game. And so when I started, when I started doing okay, and I lived in Austin, really formed a lot of my career in Austin. And I was like, hey, I had a little money. I said, I'm going to fly you to Chicago. I'll meet you. We'll go to a Cubs game. First time I went to a game and smash cut like seven years later, I was throwing out the first pitch and I took him. We went on the field oh and he gosh. was like, this is the greatest thing of my life. Yeah, yeah. And that to me was cooler than throwing out the first pitch. Yes. Was being with him when he was like, I cannot believe I'm on the field at Wrigley Field. This is the coolest day. Yeah. That yeah. was what it was all yeah. about. Yeah. That's
4: it. That's it.
3: And it's so exciting that's to hear it. That, that your parents are.
4: They've gotten to do a lot of things with mm-hmm. me and, and share a lot of moments. Obviously, every time I play in Texas, they're there. Um,
3: and... What about your wife and that? Yeah. If you are in the Christian space, how do you date, because unless she, how does she meet you, I guess? That's going to start, that's a good, that's a good way to start it.
4: Yeah, great question, because she was, uh, I I was, got married later in life, and I could not figure that part of my life out for a long time. How
3: old were you when you got married? 38. Okay, I got married at 40. Just got married for the first time about a year ago. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. So, we're very similar, so. It was uh, I'd I'd lived in Texas my whole life. I lived in Austin for a good good bit, and I was, I was living in Austin. And then I um, I went to Atlanta, moved to Atlanta to help uh, plant this church there from this for this college ministry I was doing. It turned into a church called Passion, and um, I was playing this church there. And my second week there, I only knew like two people in Atlanta. And my second week there, my buddy said, "Hey, I want me to introduce this girl," and that's how it was. He goes, "It was a blind date." He said, um, "I said, well, I'm going. To, I'm traveling this weekend. When I come back, let's put it together. We went on a blind day, like the four of us, him and his girlfriend. And you know, and she, lo- I wish she was here because she would just dog me the whole time. But um, <laughs> she just destroyed me. She said I didn't look at her the whole day, the whole first day, didn't say a word to her, which is pretty much true. It's was pretty intimidated and pretty shy. And somehow God worked it out. We lost it, lost it all. She said." I, you know, I wasn't. I was pretty much a normal guy. I couldn't commit. She was like, "All right, I'm out of here." And when I finally figured it out, she was about to engage to another person, and all the things, and and that fell apart. And it was just a crazy story. But here we are, and uh, but it was a friend setting me up. And you're right because it is a it is a weird thing. The whole,
3: I mean, you're if you're again, you can be a Christian, or you can be someone who is known as a significant person in the Christian marketplace, right? And if that's the case, they were like, yeah, this is Chris Tomlin. He's, yeah. you know, from. I'd be like, oh, you probably don't hold hands until like the tenth date. It's <laughs> <laughs> so I would wonder yeah, how yeah, you yeah, would yeah. date, yeah, yeah. Or are you just kind of normal? I'm very
4: normal, man. Very normal, and just yeah, I was all over the place with with girls, and yeah, it was uh, it wasn't like that, but yeah, there is an expectation, I think there, of course, and but she was she was great because she didn't really know my songs. She was she was Christian and grew up and her dad was in ministry and all the kind of things. But they were in it. They just she wasn't like tuned into it. Was the whole thing? She knew the song. She had no idea they were me. So there was a couple songs. As we got, you know, after we got married, she would be like, "Oh, you wrote that song." <laughs> it, would be, it was always like, "Oh my gosh, I used to love that song. That's yours." It was that kind of thing. It was a lot of that. So that was. So I knew it wasn't. I, I knew I would found somebody because she walked away from me. You know, and I knew I found somebody that wasn't in it for um, what that what that life could give her or anything like that. you know she was she was in it for me and I wasn't and and that's been that's been so true and I've been so blessed
3: so as songwriter, being a songwriter in this town, one of the struggles, not me I mean I do, but it's comedy stuff, but one of the struggles a lot of my friends have is trying to find concepts that are slightly different than every other concept. That's been conceptualized, yes, over and over again. Yeah, because it's all basically the same, but you got to find a one percent difference to do a new song about it. Yeah, I would. My assumption is you deal with that as well.
4: Yeah, I mean, you're writing about the one thing, right? Uh, and that that is, be um, bringing people to God. And for me, it really comes down to this: when I think about songs, it is. Helping people, I've always thought worship is helping people see more than just sing. Worship is not about singing; it's about seeing. It's about your eyes seeing. And what I mean by that is, so when I try to write songs, I try to find that way that people can see something that they haven't, and that that maybe opens their eyes to something like, "Oh, oh my goodness!" And yes, that is that's, and so finding that one little, one little different way of saying it, like you said, that is like, "Oh." Man, sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's just simple. I, mean, I wrote this song called How Great Is Our God. And it is, <laughs> the chorus is How Great Is Our God. Sing with me. How great is our God. All will see. How great, how great, how great is our God. And when I wrote that, I was just sitting there in my room in Austin, in my apartment, just with, just strumming and singing that chorus, thinking, that's, no, that, that's too simple. That's going nowhere. And somehow, it just took off and... It's sung everywhere. So sometimes it's not the most brilliant thing. It's just something that you just capture something. But I'm always trying to help people see and, and connect with songs. And that's, that's what it's been for me.
5: Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not with 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. Going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter.
6: Ready to bring some spring vibes indoors? Bare Premium Plus Paint is here to make it happen. And it's starting at only $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Picture your kitchen coming to life by adding a pop of blue with the bare-exclusive color Arrowhead Lake. And let's not forget your living room. Picture it drenched in the lush, verdant tones of Amazon jungle, breathing new life into your space with every glance. Head into your bathroom and let the cool breeze of sea glass wash away all your stress. And when the morning sun peeks through your bedroom window, Feel the warmth and comfort of a spring sunrise with shades like coral cloud and dark crimson. Whatever your inspiration, start your spring with a durable finish that resists dirt and grime to last all season. And let your creativity bloom with Bare Premium Plus paint, starting at just $28.98 a gallon at The Home Depot. How doers get more done.
2: (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop blinds.com right now and save 40% site-wide. Get 40% off for a limited time at blinds.com. blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
3: How do you deal with success? And I'll share my version and be a bit vulnerable so you can see the direction I'm going here. Um Grew up in poverty most of my life. Always felt like I stood up for the person that was like me. Always felt like I was a voice of someone who had been there, even though I was trying to break that cycle. My mom died. She was uh, an addict, died in her 40s. My dad left when I was five or six. My grandmother adopted me for a while. I was in and out. So there was a lot of moving around. And I was very resentful about that for a long time until I understood the value in it now. I was very lucky I was able to get through that and understand mm. now that I have a very, very sharp tool called empathy. It's the greatest tool I could ever have, mm. ever. Mm-hmm. And so my my goal, even a passion for most of my career, has been speaking for the people that I feel aren't spoken for because there's not a lot of value in what our society deems valuable in speaking for them. I understand why people would stand up for business because struck people that are struggling, they usually don't have people speaking for them because people that are making decisions didn't usually didn't struggle. Most politicians come from something or have a path sure. there most, not all, but most. So, but as I started to have more success and then have just in my mind this crazy amount of success, and then I'm making cr- a lot of money, and people are like, "Well, look at you, you're changing. Oh, look at you. It's a nice watch you got there.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: and i and I'm and I'm going. Two, two things. One, I'm going, man, I can now buy every pair of shoes I ever wanted. I had to wear yard sale shoes as a kid. So it's like, I just, want to, I just want to have these shoes. We never had a car that ran. I want to have an awesome car. And at the same time, I'm doing things, but people are going, wait, no, I thought you were the man of the people. You got a Tesla? I don't anymore. Right. I a better car. But you got, <laughs> like you got a Tesla? You're not, that's not even for real. And it's, I, it still is bothersome to me, and I have to, and my wife is great about it. And she talks me down because I start to have guilt and I start to, how do you deal with that? Because I don't have it down and I have guilt sometimes and, I, and I'm proud at the same time because I was able to get out of this and I, the bigger my platform, the more I can give back, but I'm still making more and things are awesome in that capacity, but it is, and it's not a real problem. And I don't say like everybody listen sure. to feel sorry for me because it's not a real problem. It's yeah. just something. Yeah. How do you deal with that? Because you have unparalleled success. There's nobody in where you do it that does it like you do at the level there has to be some of that there because you're able to eat just fine
4: yeah I've been very blessed and very yeah and it is a it is a you are saying it man and I don't have an answer and what I the answer is that you are in it that you are wrestling with it is amazing good thing because the day you're not and is when it's like to me the day I don't wrestle with the, the, all the blessings I've been given and what I do with it, and I don't wrestle with that. I, to me, it's over. It will be over quick. And you know, Lauren and I talk about it a lot. I mean, I, I, we probably grew up not uh, not exactly alike, but similar. I started a trailer house, and um, and it was like there was you know to you know to, to 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 growing up fine, but nothing like you know very you know middle class at best, and. And yeah, and Lauren, I talk about it with our kids. I have three girls and, you know, it's like they'd not, right? They weren't in the environment I was in. And what, how do we do that? How do we keep that grounded? And, um, you know, we do the same thing. Um, I just, coming from here, um, coming to your podcast, I was just on a Zoom call for a good bit of the morning with a, a foundation that my wife and I have for, for kids who don't have families in our country and doing the trying to fight every day for that and to instill that in our kids of like, there are so many kids that do not have what. And so, the best thing that I feel like I've always been able to do is use my influence, Um, the influence I've been given to help others. And I think you do that and you're doing that and you have the heart to do that. And that's, man, that's the best, 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 best reason for giving
3: uh, influence. Do you have guilt for success though, ever? or or some of the stuff that success can give you cuz I do wrestle with it and I also and again I'm also proud it's a weird thing cuz I am ashamed and proud at the same time
4: I have yeah, I have I don't know if guilt is maybe it's guilt to grow I, yeah I, it's always perspective I lose perspective fast
3: of same I, yeah
4: I think it. I lose perspective fast and I, and it it and it doesn't take you that long to realize I, I don't have problems
3: and that's why I said that too. And I am giving you this because we're talking about this. I, it's not a problem. It's not a problem. Yeah, yeah,
4: I don't have problems. You know? I've i am i am helping people, trying to help people who have are going through real, real struggles, and have not been given the things I've been given, or the opportunities. And that is that puts you in a place of humility. It puts you in a place of you know a, a soberness of. You know, and that's the call of, of faith, man. That's the call of, I, I looked at my phone because, you know, now your Bible's on your phone. But that is the call of God's word, right? That's what this is all about is the least of these. And and if I'm not living that out, then, then I need to stop doing, I need to stop saying that I'm
3: about all the that, right, all, all these things. You know what I'm trying to say. I do, I do, because I feel what you're trying to say. It's like when you sing your songs, you're like, can you feel it? Can you see it? Like I, I do know what you're saying. Yeah, I don't. You know, it's. Um, I don't know. I struggle with that. Yeah, I never feel like I'm doing enough. It doesn't matter what I do. I never. So I've now understood that it doesn't matter what I do. I'm never going to feel like I'm doing enough. So as long as I'm doing, mm-hmm. I help. You're, you're in it,
4: man. It, when you know in your heart when you're when when you're prompted, you know. And to do it, and and to and to act, and that's that's what this is about. And for me, and I, I think that that's what that's what touches the heart of God too is taking care of those who. I mean, that's that's the call. That is everybody's called. That's always said. Everybody, not everybody's called to do adopt kids or do things, but everybody's called to care. That you don't get out of that. <laughs>
3: I don't want to keep you too much longer. I do want to go over a few things here. Um, and I'll just brag on you for a second so you don't have to make a noise if you don't want. You can squeal or something if you want. But <laughs> just so can people People can understand this. And by the way, tickets are available. Just go to christomlin.com. Yeah. But whenever you just look at data, and data doesn't have a bias. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, for me, I'm that, that stinks. Sometimes it's great. But... You're one of the only four artists to ever receive the Sound Exchange Digital Radio Award. Over one billion digital radio streams. Now, that's not one of four Christian artists. That's Justin Timberlake, Garth Brooks, you, and Pitbull, who internationally, yeah, I mean, even just here is massive, but internationally, you're one of the four that has I mean, That is the influence, the power. Um, I did a show. It, Garth, this it, it's a crazy story. I have friends that don't listen to country music at all. Don't know how big Garth is. They don't understand how big Garth oh. is. And I said, hey, Garth. I was talking to one of them. I said, I'm not going to be able to do this. Garth has asked me to come open a show for him. Uh, oh, this is last year. And what? They, they're like, what, is, what venue are you playing? I was like, oh, no, it's a stadium. <laughs> they're like, huh? I was like, yeah, no, Garth. He's. It's 100,000 people. And we're going to be the act right before Garth. He's asked me to come out and do the, to open for him. And they're like, wait. Okay, that's cool. You're open for Garth, but 100,000 people will go to Garth. I'm like, no, no, you don't understand. He can do yeah. two, three nights. He'll do and he that. Can do stadium. But it's unbelievable. But that's. But I'm I'm bragging on you at the same time because there are four yeah, people, no. and you're him.
4: Well, yeah, I'm not Garth, and you but in. But I think what my, that speaks to me, you know, when I say that, which we need to put that tour together: Timberlake, Garth, Pitbull, and myself. <laughs> but um, that'd be an amazing night. Um, but. What that speaks to me is how massive the church is. And I'm and I not trying to deflect, but I'm honestly saying that. because the great but, there, m- but there are Pit- a lot of
3: people. I'm going to de- undeflect for but, just one second. Because the
4: fifth person who gets that is going to be like, oh, Justin, Garth, Pitbull, I and who? I hear you, but there's but a lot like, of
3: people in the church that make great music, and you're the one yeah. that's in that list.
4: But I say it, that, yeah.
3: You can be humble, and I'll be the reverse humble for you. Just yeah. take it, you're awesome. Well, We're <laughs> going to leave it there. You're awesome, and you can keep deflecting, but it's... It,
4: well, I mean, I'm not, I'm honestly i just want to speak to that because i think sometimes you know just realize man that globally the church is so massive and those those songs find their way you know in an incredible way
3: okay you gotta stop knocking okay um the deluxe album at the christmas the deluxe version of the christmas album yeah what's deluxe about new songs obviously yeah. but why did you feel to go back and add to this and not just well, do a whole new
4: project well i just had some songs left over you know and i want that i was like ah. They, they weren't exactly right at the time, and I was like, "Oh, this would be great." And then um, Ann Wilson, who is amazing, uh, new girl in our world, um, she's this nineteen-year-old phenom, just like amazing singer. She she did one of the songs with me, and I was like, "I want to get, that, I, that, I want to put that on people to hear that." And so, yeah, that's uh, I love making. It's my third Christmas album. I love making Christmas music. It's like I, for me, it's weird, man. It's my favorite songs to write. Of the songs, the Christmas songs. I don't know why. You are talking about just writing about one thing. You got one subject, yeah. and for uh, you know, for the birth of Jesus, and like I, I don't know. I just find it so f- fun, and I just love these songs.
3: It's gonna be very quick questions because again, we're gonna get you out of here. But yeah, sure. I could do three hours with you. Oh, I'm, just, I'm just a massive fan. You're kind. Um, so you don't have to answer these long or, or, or at all. But last time you said a bad word. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> it's funny, man, because I was—I uh, just, gosh, probably—I don't know, maybe a couple of days ago. But I don't say a lot. I don't. I just, it doesn't, and I don't. And it's not because it's just—just just doesn't come out of me. These guys are. I was playing. I love playing golf. Do you like playing golf?
3: I actually love to play golf. Yeah. I got. Did you see what I have when you I,
4: walked I, in? Yeah, I did. And I love. I love the game. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love the game. Are you good? Uh, she, I, she around eighty-two.
3: Oh yeah, you're pretty good. Yeah, uh, better than I am. I mean, I'm eighty-five. Yeah, yeah.
4: 85. So. But I just was, could not play. I mean, I just, I don't know what, it's just one of those days. And these guys is like, I, they're like, you did not say a cuss word the whole day. The whole day. And they were, they were just so blown away by that. And I wasn't trying not to. I just like, it's just, uh, it's just not part of my, mm-hmm. it's not part of my language. I'm, and I got people who do, it's no problem. I'm with friends all the time. And, I, and what I don't like is when people say something and then they think that's going to offend me or something. That's, that's, that
3: just eats, I was like, bro. Come on, dude. I'm a dude. Like same. That, same. I've said a curse word in like four or five years at all, because I don't want to think in uh, when I'm writing. Yeah. Because I, to me, honestly, Chris, it's a sound that comes out. If you feel that's an action. Yeah. But it's just a sound that if you drive or if you fly four hours one direction, that sound doesn't even mean the same thing. Yeah. So it is. It's yeah. just blah, blah blah. That could be a. It's just a sound. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so but I don't want to write and have to, th- or if I'm doing stand up, I don't want to have to think in curse words. So I just eliminated it.
4: That's amazing. I've just never had, it's never been a thing to me.
3: Yeah, I used to like it though.
4: You it, did? Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, ne- yeah.
3: yeah it's fun. <laughs> I like it a lot actually. Okay, okay, okay. Um, That was one question. Um, Do you ever want to, when you're playing a show, I don't know, just play a Merle Haggard song? Yes.
4: Yes. It just doesn't work. The, my, the I I I think the people that have come, they didn't come for that. And they don't it's not what they want.
3: You're a disguise and you just play. <laughs> you just go out to one of the places in town and play a set of no, I have not. secular. I have.
4: I have not, but I man, I love playing those songs so much.
3: Favorite two final questions favorite artist now that you'll listen to that is not in your same space. So it can be it could be country, it could be pop. Who do you if it's like I'm just gonna hang out at the house and relax and play some music while I'm cooking or something, what artist do you go to? Mine, I love John Mayer. John Mayer mm. talks to me. He, he's basically my age and Writes in my my voice. Mm. Who do you who do you love? I love Coldplay. Man, me too.
4: I just love. I mean, I love them. I love Coldplay, and then I and then my weird kick is John Denver.
3: I love John Denver too. <laughs> you I do? get I get offended for John for John Denver. Yeah, people. Yeah. At, at retro people yeah. who would say he wasn't country.
4: Yeah, I just love his. I, I, there's something that feels good mm. when I listen to his songs. I'm like, I like this guy. But yeah, Coldplay for sure. Best concert I've ever been to in my life.
3: Final question: Don't have to answer if you don't want to. Your kids can they listen to the pop station?
4: Yes. All right, and that- I mean, they can. But I mean, they don't. I mean, don't, but, but I mean, it's no different. I mean, they listen, it's it's in Canto. it's vivo, it's all Disney. So.
3: Okay, that's also that also would be pop. Okay, so, so, so they can listen to popular music. It's yeah. not only. Yeah. All right, we're just gonna go.
4: But when they start bringing on the, um,
3: they're also young. Yeah, I so they don't have to
4: worry about that. Yeah. But when they start bringing on some of the stuff that's out there, that I, then then I have no problem saying that's, we're not going to listen to that. Yeah,
3: it's a dad. That's a dad. I just want to anything, protect
4: right? them. I just want to protect them. I don't want the, I don't want that in there, getting in their heart. I'm going to tell you, Chris.
3: I'm you're just the coolest man. Oh man, you're just the coolest.
4: Dude, I, you're you're so kind. I was so uh, nervous coming. No, here today. you want you. No, you I'm serious. I'm not making it because I was like, man, this is stop. You're like a. I mean, you're the king of this thing I mean, okay. well media. we can
3: have mutual respect but you're you're the coolest and oh. so i really i appreciate the fact that we still made this happen and that you still made this happen and i apologize i, I just blew, blew my voice and i didn't want to waste that i remember telling mike i don't want to go into this 30 percent because i don't i owe it to him to be here and be and so thank you for allowing me to do that oh, buddy
4: i'm so glad we could made this work
3: uh we should play golf yes um, I, and it's cold now which kind of stinks but I, I, have a, I have a simulator
4: that is amazing
3: how far away do you live from my house
4: I live uh, 30 minutes I'm in Franklin it's 25 minutes but, well
3: I, it, but, but when I, you're in town we're gonna play come up and we'll hit the sim if, I, especially in the winter because you can't play golf anywhere I love I'll just get your number from Mike or whomever has it and we'll do we'll, it I would we'll
4: love it. to do that I've
3: never said that to anybody but I like, I like you as a person That's it's cool you're like a dude
4: thank you man yeah. I appreciate that. Um, that That that's that's the highest thing you could say
3: and I can say I higher, need... but I'm gonna sit, I'm gonna stay there. On the
4: no, moment. that's for me. That's awesome. Oh, do you I feel like you some get...
3: people treat you weird because? But, oh, I don't want to keep. This is the last thing I'm gonna ask. One hundred percent. Um, I have never had a drink of alcohol because my parents. I don't have a problem with people drinking alcohol. Great, okay, yeah. have at it, buddy. Yeah. For me, I can't. They're addicts. They died of addiction, so mm. I have to stay away. So mm-hmm. I've never had one drink. But people act weird around me because they're like, "Oh, there's there's Mister No Drink." But I don't want people to know. I'll fake it sometimes, like I'm drinking, because it's not about that to me. Right. Do people go, oh, as Chris Tomlin, the Christian singer, we got to really be on our P's and cues. That's Yes, that's I'll, exactly. That would be, be so annoying to that's
4: me. That's what I can't stand. Yeah. You know, and I and and I have one of my good friends, and you'll know where I'm going with this, is uh, Tim Tebow, and we've been buddies for since he played at Florida. And we'll be together, and I'll watch that happen with him. Mm hmm somebody he's i mean he's as dude as you get i mean you know and somebody will say something mf this or whatever and he's just and they're like oh i'm sorry and he's like
3: bro stop like i'm a normal i'm a human yes I'm a dude so yes i i get that and it bothers the heck of me dang all right chris thank you what does a wildly successful artist do on a wednesday afternoon let pick up his kids from school. Got it. That's why you need to go. <laughs> They're sitting out on the curb right now. <laughs> daddy, daddy. <laughs> All right, you guys at Chris Tomlin. Go to the show. Go to ChrisTomlin.com in the deluxe Christmas. It's out. It's there. Chris, thank
1: you. Yeah, buddy. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury.